Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake a Take. It's your boy, Jason, and boy, do we have some football to talk about today. We have plenty of news to go through as well as a little preview for tonight's Bears versus Commanders Thursday night football game. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. start things off with a little news. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but as yesterday, we talked about how terrible the Giants offensive line is. Well, there's been some remarks from the rookie offensive tackle, Evan Neal. And Evan Neal on his play, uh, on really the Giants offensive line play in general, encourages Giants fans to boo louder and goes on to say, why should a lion concern himself with the opinion of sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? Evan Eel is not having it. Evan Eel, A, disrespectful. (laughs) Very disrespectful. Evan Neal, B, not playing football well. Evan Eel, C, immature. Immature. You do not make those kinds of comments as an NFL player. You just don't. You just simply don't. Why? 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 I can understand maybe the boo louder. You know, like that's kind of a fun, kind of a fired up, you know, boo louder, you know, we suck, you know, whatever, fire us up kind of thing. But then to just go on and make fun of your fans' uh, jobs, (laughs) the career choices, that's a step too far, Evan Neal. I know he's definitely, definitely made uh, his fan base not like him anymore (laughs) already after he's already playing poorly. Uh, And uh, that's really it, right? Uh, Terrible comments by him, hopefully. He could start playing better or else, I mean, you're just going to be known as a guy who made terrible comments and also played football poorly. So we'll see how he develops. Still a rookie, still young, but very immature, very disrespectful to the Giants fan base. Joe Burrow, as we watch him play, it's not Joe Burrow. We're not watching Joe Burrow play. I don't know who we're watching play, but it's somebody in Joe Burrow's skin. He is not playing football well. He's not playing football to the level that he normally does. And this is because in the before the season kicked off, he had this calf injury. Jamar Chase was like, hey, sit out a few weeks. You know, we don't want you to re-aggravate it. Well, he did re-aggravate it. Albert Rear reports that Joe Burrow come out, came out and said, I re-injured it two weeks ago. And so the last couple of weeks have just been what they've been. And it's been continuing to get better. I will say marginally, he has been getting a little bit better. Still not very good, but I do, you know, believe that. I do believe that he will get better and I believe he'll heal. Uh, and I hope that he doesn't continuously re-injure this calf. I wish he would just sit out a week and just let it heal for a little bit, but that's not always going to be the case. And these p- people want to play football, right? These guys want to play football, and Joe Burrow especially, a huge competitor, a uh, very, very competitive person. 
wants to keep playing football. But this injury is not looking good. You hate to hear that he is admitting that he re-injured it, right? You, you don't want to hear that. You know, you'd rather him just say, you know, I'm just not playing well. But it is true that it's the injury that's holding him back. I mean, your calf as a quarterback is extremely important, right? You you use your calf to push off into your throws. You step into it. Uh, you have to move around in the pocket. You're stepping out when you get the snap, leaning onto your calf a lot. So it's got to be painful. It's got to be hard to play through that. And you can't get the throws correct. And that is why we've been seeing Jamar Chase be fed. This is true. Jamar Chase has been getting a ridiculous amount of targets. And not a lot of them have been long targets. It has been some short, intermediate targets for Jamar Chase. And he's doing Jamar Chase things with them. And I expect that to continue. These screens, these slants, these quick out routes, all of this fun stuff that Jamar Chase is doing, that's going to continue while Joe Burrow is less than 100%. And hopefully... This week, or just in the next couple of weeks, Jamar Chase finally breaks one of those into a vintage Jamar Chase play. That's going to happen, guys. So um, I'm not pressing the panic button on Joe Burrow, not pressing the panic button on Jamar Chase. I think ultimately it will be fine in the Bengals offense in the next few weeks. At the very least, by like week eight, we'll be back to the Bengals that we know and love. Sometimes teams just start off slow. But when you're a perennial playoff team with such a good roster and talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you're going to get back to normal. Like things are not always going to be this way for Cincinnati. So again, not pressing the panic button. In fact, I'm probably sending out offers for Joe Burrow, sending out offers for Jamar Chase, because why wouldn't you, right? I mean, when the market is low on a player like that, you've got to try to capitalize any way you can. So uh, check out your leagues, see how much these players are going for, because I do think next few weeks, they're going to be back to normal and you're going to be happy you bought them. More on that on Saturday, as I'll be hopping onto the game plan with Maddie Kiwum discussing some buy candidates, some sell candidates, and Joe Burrow is 100% going to be talked about on Saturday. Staying within the AFC North, we'll move over to the Ravens. And I don't normally like to talk about defense, but I just saw this quote, and I'm a football guy. We're all football people here. We love football. We love the sport. And we like rivalries. Roquan Smith has a quote that I just think is great. He says, I'm not a Raven until I beat Pittsburgh. I take great pride in being a Raven, and I want to earn that right as well. I love that. <laughs> I just love that. You know, uh, the, the Ravens-Pittsburgh Steelers rivalry is always a very fun one to watch uh, and a historical one at that. So to see Roquan Smith after being traded to Baltimore take this so seriously, it's really, really cool to me. And so I'm expecting 15 tackles for Roquan Smith this week, getting close to that NFL record of 22. I want to say 21, 22 tackles in a game. He's going to feast this week as the Ravens beat the Steelers. Uh, I'm just glad to see he's fired up. Glad to see that the rivalry is still strong. As In the NFL, rivalries aren't as big anymore, right? It's just, you know, there's so many superstars. There's so many good games week in, week out, that the rivalries matter a little less. But that is not the case for the AFC North, especially the Ravens-Steelers game. That one will always be scrappy, always be good. And a fun quote from the new linebacker in Baltimore, Roquan Smith, trying to be a Raven. Next up, let's talk a little bit about Kenny Pickett. As we know, he got injured this week, and we don't know the severity of it. Well, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett, per Adam Schefter, told reporters yesterday, I'll be ready to go by Sunday. This is kind of falling in line with everything we have been hearing so far, the fact that it isn't that serious of an injury, and he's not expected to miss much time. I was expecting, you know, maybe one week for Kenny Pickett, but the fact that it's, you know, expected to be out there as soon as possible, that's a really good thing. It ended up only being a knee bruise, which is totally fine. You can accept that. He can play through that, uh, maybe less running, if anything. But we haven't even really been seeing that to begin with. So I think things will be fine. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm probably not starting him, not starting him considering he hasn't been playing well at 100%. I can't imagine he plays super well at less than 100%, but it's definitely still something to keep your eye on. The Steelers definitely don't want to roll out Mitchell Trubisky against the Ravens. So I do believe Kenny Pickett will be playing. It's just a matter of how well he plays. Keep your eye on that. We'll probably discuss it some more tomorrow, maybe, but it's looking like he will be ready to go. Another player ready to go is Jonathan Taylor. 100% practice yesterday uh, at the Indianapolis Colts returned, and things are good. There's an ESPN story um, about this, right? About it. And Jonathan Taylor has a bunch of his teammates behind him, which is great to hear. Mo Ali Cox says, we're going to come in here and work. We'll always welcome you back with open arms. Zaire Franklin says, we love and support and appreciate everything he's done for us and can't wait for him to get back. Um, and also says, iron sharpens iron. No better in the in the league to get better against. Uh, and the coach, he's a big-time player. He's explosive. He can hit the home runs. Obviously one of the top backs in the league. And then a team source says that there are no ill feelings uh, across this team. Everything is going well for Indianapolis Colts. Going well for Jonathan Taylor. So the buy window is still open, guys. It's still it's going to be a little bit more expensive now that he has officially returned. But there's still some doubt. There's still some doubt out there if he's going to return and if he's going to return at a high level. The Colts do have a couple tough matchups, but it doesn't really matter, right? It's Jonathan Taylor. And this is a really good offensive line. And Anthony Richardson is freezing linebackers. So I am definitely sending out some offers for Jonathan Taylor. Um, I was buying him this whole time. I drafted him in a few leagues that drafted like right when he got put on PUP. Um, my listener league. If anyone listening to this is in the rival listener league with me, I'm currently in very last place uh, because I drafted Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, and Jamison Williams, and Devon A. Chain, who's now starting to get hot. But I had a second half team, so hopefully we can start kicking. I haven't won a, I haven't won a game yet. I haven't won a game in my own damn listener league. But hopefully now with Jonathan Taylor coming back, we can, we can flip that around. We can flip that around, boys and, boys and girls. Next up, we'll move on to Devon A. Chain. A. Chain. And was it Devon? I need to watch this video of how to pronounce it because uh, I know it's A-Chan now, but I, I still feel like it's Devon given the apostrophe. But anyway, A-Chan, A-Chan. Um, nothing too much here. Just a quote from Tua Tunga Viola I saw. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you guys see it. I think the NFL could see it. Dude's a special player, and he understands ball like the back of his hand. This is true. Devon A-Chan has been playing incredibly. We all know it. We all love it. Uh, and I'm still trying to buy him, to be completely honest. I'm seeing him go for some astronomical prices, but – He's an astronomical player. You watch some of these highlights and it, it literally looks like, I hope John McGlynn is watching this because he said he wanted to drive his car through my house. I told him this in our league chat. Looks like Walter Payton out there. There are people falling, trying to tackle him. I encourage you all to go look it up right now. I, I'll actually, I'll try to find it. I'll try to find it. It might mess up my camera for a second. It might be a little bit of delay. Um, but look at this photo. This is one of my favorite pictures of all time. I've got to find it. I've got to find it because it just perfectly exemplifies um, his running. Where is this? Man, it was such a good photo. It's like Devon HM running against the Broncos. And then like there's like 10 Broncos players just laying on the ground looking up at him. It's kind of close to this one. It's close to this one. I'll share my screen. <laughs> I'll share my screen. Sorry, sorry, a podcast listeners. Those of you who listen on the podcast network, sorry about that. It's kind of close to this picture, except better. Devon Achan's like right in the middle of the frame, and all of these Broncos guys are actually on the ground instead of standing. But basically, picture that. It looks like a battlefield when Devon Achan is running. And we saw it against Buffalo, too, right? His breakaway run against Buffalo, breaking tackles, players diving after him, 
players laying on the ground watching him go. It's really, really special watching this guy run the football right now. It is, it is spectacular. It really, really is. And he is a star. Don't have to lie about it. Don't have to even over-exaggerate. It's already true. It's already true. He's so good. He's so good. All right, guys, that's all the news I have for you. Let me see if we have any questions in the chat before we move on to Thursday night football. I see one here on Instagram. Is Cup playing? Um, I actually haven't heard anything on that front yet, so I'm going to go with I assume so, given you know he spent his first four weeks. Um, but, yeah, I don't know for sure, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. And I saw one other question. Would it be helpful if Matt Canada stopped coming? Yes. Yes, it would. And thoughts of Kyron Williams rest of year? I don't know about Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is making me scratch my head because he's not incredibly efficient. Well, I guess he is efficient in the touchdown department, but he's not really having breakaway runs. It's really just coming slowly. Um, and I do think that the Rams could potentially be in the RB market at some point as they continue to be good. So I don't know about Kyron Williams. I'm not paying up for him, but if I have him, I'm, I'm holding him uh, because no one's really paying the price for him really either, at least to match the production. All right. I see a super chat here from Slayton. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. Love you, Theo and Matt. Thank you. Thank you. In PPR, would you trade away Achan Pickens for Gibbs and Cup? Oh, your team is Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Christian Watson, Pickens, JSN Dell, Bijan Canine. Oh, wow. Achan Kelsey. Um, To be completely honest with you, man, I don't think... You, re- I know Cooper Cup is awesome. Well, you could use Cooper Cup here. I would almost just see if he would do pickets for Cup, if I'm going to be honest with you here. I would almost just see if you could just do pickets for Cup. That might be a move I'm looking to make. But I don't want to mess with your running back room too much. I know Gibbs had the hype going into this year, but A-Chain is playing much better. Um, and, I mean, things might change in Detroit, too, with JMO coming back in terms of the target consolidation. So I I think I would roll with A-Chain over Gibbs and then Cup over Pickens. So it's a very close trade. If you don't have to start Gibbs, which it's looking like you won't with Bijan and K-9 unless there's a bye week, you can maybe go for that. But I think overall, like I said, I think I might just try to make this Pickens for Cup and see what he'll do with that. I think that that would be the one move I would try to make here. Uh, and just hold on to A-Chain because, I mean, if he continues to play well, then the price is just going to continue to go up. And I really do think he will. Um, let's see. Would you trade Ramondre and Christian Kirk for Alave and Rashad White? Yes. Yes, I would. Alave over Kirk, Rashad White over Ramondre at this point, uh, based on how everything's going. So yeah, I would say both of those assets are better than the two assets you're giving up, Roberto. Get Rashad White, get Alave. Um, he does not look like Walter Payton, dude. I know, I know it's an exaggeration. I'm just saying that like his runs are very special and I haven't seen a running back leave entire defenses on the ground since Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Um, cup looks good and is practicing in full. Thank you. And you currently, uh, let's see. Curtis Samuel or Tank Dell wide receiver three and golf for Sam Howell for quarterback two. Goff for quarterback two, um, and Tank Dell at wide receiver three. I am not buying the Curtis Samuel hype. I'm just not doing it. This is exactly what we saw last year. Early in the season, Curtis Samuel was used a decent bit and then was completely stopped used, stopped being used. So I'm not really into the Curtis Samuel. Not really into it. 
Yes, I watched Shady McCoy run. Yes, I did. Just not the same. These runs are special, man. They're really, really special. All right, guys. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football. We've got the Commanders. We've got the Bears. It's going to be fun. It's 44 and a half expected points. I think I might take the over here. And Washington is favored by six points. I definitely take the Bears to cover. I think this will be a close game. And I'm expecting at least 20, 24 points from both of these teams. Washington's defense is 23rd against quarterbacks, 16th against running backs, 26th against wide receivers, and the number one team in the league in against tight ends so far. But to add some context here, week one, they played the Cardinals. Zach Ertz had eight receptions for 44 yards. Then they played the Broncos. Not a single tight end had a catch. Then they played the Bills, who only had three receptions for 14 yards among their tight ends. And then the Eagles last week, who Dallas Goddard didn't really do anything. Two for four and 25 yards. I think that's just more so, not necessarily that they're good at defending tight ends, but that they're so bad at covering wide receivers that the tight end just doesn't need to get mixed in. And so because of that, you can probably sit Cole Komet. But um, I'm not doing that because... Last year when Cole Komet got a two-touchdown game, he followed that up with another two-touchdown game. I do think Cole Komet will be more involved than all these other tight ends so far. If anything, I'm expecting closer to the Zach Ertz 44 yards than anything else. Not eight receptions, of course, but I do think that Cole Komet can have a better game than what Washington, being the number one team against tight ends, lends you to, suggest, or lends you to believe. And I think Justin Fields keeps things up. I really do. I think Justin Fields also has more than four carries this week. I think Justin Fields pushes 10 carries this week, goes back to regular Justin Fields games, um, and it's going to be fun. And it's going to be fun. Look for DJ Moore to keep things going. And then the player I'm keeping my eye on, of course, is Roshan Johnson um, and how he and Khalil Herbert are continuously splitting these carries. And I want to know how Darnell, Mel Hart, how Darnell Mooney is looking uh, he's had some decent performances, getting a couple receptions and uh, important plays like first downs and stuff for this team. If he can get ramped up now that he's 100%, you know, last week or two weeks ago, he was limited. This week, last week, he had a little bit more normal snap share. I think this week would be the 100% Darnell Mooney. And I think that he could be a value right now, sending out some feelers for sure. I even picked him up in a league. He was dropped. I mean, why not, right? It's still Darnell Mooney. So that's my thoughts on the Bears offense. The Bears' defense is 31st against quarterbacks and running backs, 19th against wide receivers, and 21st against tight ends. Look for Logan Thomas to still have a decent game. Look for Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin to be mixed in a little bit. But for the most part, I'm expecting Brian Robinson to feast again. I could see Brian Robinson pushing 20-25 carries in this game, having at least one touchdown. And then the other part of the offense will just come down to who Sam Howell is favoriting. Jahan Dotson did lead with targets last week, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again. I think Jahan Dotson is going to start getting back to the Jahan Dotson that we liked last year. Uh, and Terry McLaurin's still going to play well as well. I think this is a very fun game to watch. I'm excited for it. Um, I know it's not the most like eye-popping, like, oh my God, it's the Bears Commanders, but I think there are some very interesting storylines in this game, and I really do think it could end up being a pretty exciting, uh, high-scoring-ish Type of game. I mean, obviously, no Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins type scoring, but you know, 20 to 30 type game that could be fun and uh, it'll be good to watch if Justin Fields can bounce back, which I believe he will. Let's talk about underdog. These are my underdog picks for the week. I went with Justin Fields over 18 fantasy points, Brian Robinson over 16 rushing attempts, 
DJ Moore higher than 51 and a half total yards. That one is the easiest one for me. And Antonio Gibson lower than 34 and a half yards. I know with Antonio Gibson, it's just going to take one play for him to get there, but he has just been awful this year and not even getting a ton of usage. I feel like 35 yards is pretty hard to get to, to be completely honest. So I'm going with the lower there. DJ Moore over 50 yards, I feel like is a smash. I feel like Brian Robinson over 16 carries is a smash. And I feel like Justin Fields over 18 fantasy points with his rushing floor is a pretty good smash. I mean, he's going to have to score a touchdown to do that, but I think he will get there. So I, I might be sweating here. I threw five on it, five for 50. So I'm hoping I can get 50 bucks later tonight. And this is my DraftKings lineup. I don't know why it was blurry. My screenshot wasn't blurry, uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> I went with Justin Fields in my captain spot, and I fit Sam Howell and Brian Robinson in there. And then I kind of consolidated the bottom with Jahan Dotson, Cole Komet, and Cole Turner. Uh, just because usually with the last spot on my DraftKings lineups, I like to just pick one of the cheapest players that can score a touchdown. And usually that's the second, third string tight ends that randomly fill in. We've been seeing Cole Turner get some usage, especially with Logan Thomas out. He's the one I'm taking a flyer on. Some might say Robert Tunyon and some might say John Bates. I'm just going to go with Cole Turner. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like a, I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Just sometimes these guys score touchdowns. That's why I like to use my extra money at the bottom of the lineup to fill in with a little bit more mid to higher tier players. So that's all I've got for you on the Thursday night football preview. Let's check these comments. Let's see fields or Anthony Richardson this weekend. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go Fields Probably. I like to watch. Um, I like to have my fantasy football players on Thursday night. I know it's not a great process, but I, I think I would go Justin Fields there. But you can't go wrong, Dakota, with Anthony Richardson. You can't go wrong with Anthony Richardson. So if you're not someone like me that likes to watch your Thursday night football players, likes to have skin in the game, then just play Anthony Richardson. That's definitely the right process. But if you're like me, I would just go with Fields. Uh, we may have bad weather today, so it could be a run game and short passing. That would be great for DJ Moore. That would be great for Justin Fields. That would be great for Khalil Herbert and maybe Roshan Johnson. Um, definitely before this game, if it's bad, I know I hate saying this and I really hope nothing happens. I really hope nothing happens, but if it is bad weather, send out your offers for Roshan Johnson in case an injury does happen. Those tend to happen in run heavy, bad weather games. So send out your offers for Roshan Johnson in case Khalil Herbert goes down. Um, wind is under five miles per hour. Harry Snowman says, so it might just be wet. We'll see. We'll see. I don't like to read too much into the weather games. It's really tough. Uh, because I mean, it, I don't know, it could change like, you know, it's raining for one quarter and then it's perfectly fine quarters two through four. I just like to play my studs. You know, it is what it is. Anthony says $50 is a new turtleneck. Anthony, I get all my turtlenecks at Goodwill. That is like 10, 10 new turtlenecks. So um, yeah, I hope I get myself 50 bucks. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, and that looks like it. That That seems to be it. I do not see any comments here. Uh, except Harry Snowman is sitting Komet. I get it. I mean, you can sit Komet all you want. I get it. Um, I'm just I'm just doing it. I really do think he was finally unlocked. But if it is bad weather, if it is bad weather, I might just, uh, I might bench him then because they're probably not throwing it to him too much. But I do like Cole Komet a lot. Should you start Sam Howell over Burrow? No. Start Joe Burrow. I know everyone's saying to sit him right now. Everyone's upset with Joe Burrow. Don't sit him. Don't sit him. <sighs> all right. That was a fun one. That'll do it. That'll do it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You guys have a fantastic, fantastic Thursday. Or I guess I should say a terrific Thursday. A terrific Thursday. And a terrific 
rest of your week. I'll see you all tomorrow on this YouTube channel, on the Facebook, on the Instagram at 10 a.m. Y'all have a good one. Peace.